Blog Talk Radio. Romans 2 and 5. Nope. Righteous judgment of the Most High. Who will yep. render unto every man according to his nope. deeds. To them who by patience. Continuing yep. some well-doing seat. No nope. glory and honor. And immorality. Yep. Eternal life. But unto them that are nope. contentious. And do not obey the yep. truth. But obey unrighteousness. Indignation and wrath. Uh, Great Luke. Yep. You an African American? Nope. You believe that's your heritage? Yep. Do you know who you are? Nope. King, queen? Yep. Nigga with back? Nope. Do you shine like a star? Yep. Think they gon' tell you? Nope. We gon' explode. Yep. Yeah. They gon' take your life? Nope. So many secrets in the vault? Yep. Do this knowledge cost? Nope. Hop in the book to my? Yep. Do you follow these laws? Nope. Do they still exist? Yep. Have time to wait? Wow. 
from You got to choose one Who you gonna choose the most I heard theater To sight to choose from You got to choose one Who you gonna choose Who you gonna choose Got to choose Alright, alright, alright You're gonna learn today Alright, alright, alright all right, all right, all right, all right. Shalom, 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 shalom. Welcome once again to another episode of Bible Talk. My name is Meshava, one of the teachers here. I'd like to welcome you out to our, our, our episodes. Um, today I'm trying out a brand new, um, uh, well, not brand new microphone, um, a new microphone on a brand new computer. Um, hopefully this, this is coming across a lot more clear and a lot more, um, uh, a lot more clear, a lot more loud. All right. Um, I, 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 as I'm sitting here going through this, I'm thinking about my radio talk voice, my my radio host talk, my my, my radio host. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to speak like like you know I've been watching uh, documentaries like with Howard Stern and um you know some of these other you know radio personalities that that speak on the mic and uh you know they speak real slow and real direct and real deliberate and. They make sure that the messages come across very, very, really, very clear. So I'm, I'm trying to do the same thing here. <laughs> if, if I sound like I, I, um, I'm, 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 I'm back crazy, I am, brothers and sisters. Again, salam, 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 salam. Um, thank everybody for their patience, for their time, for, for, for and, 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 and dealing with us as we keep trying to, we keep having a lot of technical difficulties with the, with the blog talk radio for, uh, format. That has really, really been been vexing uh, to the brothers, to myself, to the brother Tazapat and the brother Bonabad, to hopefully to yourself as well, that we've not been able to to, to uh, broadcast our classes because the blog, the blog talk servers have been down, and I guess they, they the blog talk has definitely taken off for the Saturnalia, they've definitely taken off for the uh, the worship of Janus. Um, and for the worship of, of Bacchus and Dionysus and Baal and Nimrod worship with December 25th and all the, all the type of stuff that's been going on. So we're not, uh, for all the emails we've been sending them about the problems we've been having, there's been no responses. So instead of scheduling the show, let me explain how the, for, the format works here with Blog Talk. We normally schedule a show uh, uh, Monday through Thursday from 10 a.m. Uh, Central Standard Time to about 12 noon. We were, we're able to schedule the shows like the night before. Um, but what's been happening is as we schedule the shows, um, when we go to do the host call-in uh, so we can start the show, the Block Talk servers have not been letting us actually just be able to call in as the host to start the show. Or we might be able to start the show, but then the guest call-in number doesn't work. Or if, you, uh, call, if you're trying to link it through the computer, the computer's not working. The computer link isn't working. So we've been having these type of problems. Uh, we've been having these type of problems. So what we're, we're trying to do is now where it, there, there's a, you can select just to go live. Instead of scheduling the show, just go live. And that's what we've been trying to do. Um, I tried to do it on Monday. Uh, it didn't work. Uh, we was able to get that accomplished yesterday with the Brother Tazapah in the class that he did, the extra class that he did yesterday. And hopefully, hopefully now um, we are broadcasting now and everybody can hear it now. So we go ahead and get, get this together, all right? So all that being said, as you know, um, again, welcome again to, to another episode of, of Bible Talk. Um, you know, we've had, we've had several names from the Sword of Truth, 
uh, Bible Talk when we first got started back in February of 2010. Uh, then we switched to the ISBHBK as we were more connected with the, uh, our brother camps in, in Houston, um, our brother camps in, in Norfolk, um, that we came under the umbrella of ISBHBK. And then, um, but with the recent controversies between some other schools, other camps, as far as um, the uh, ISUPK under uh, under Yohanna and the the the, the dustups uh, that took place also with the um, IUIC and, and that, that camp, that when people would do a Google search for ISBHPK, the Israel School of Biblical History and Practical Knowledge, that it kept coming to um, ISUPK. All right, and we didn't want to be associated with with, with, with that type of uh, disturbance or that type of thing where we're actually out here advocating uh, the the fighting um, uh, between camps between Israel Israel camps. So uh, uh, it was decided to go ahead and change the name to where the camps in Houston, Norfolk, and in Rochester have now gone with the stream of wisdom, and then the, the camp here in San Antonio, which has always been the sport of truth, uh, going all the way back to 1991. Um, well, what if the, the, the name was first concepted? Um, they just stuck with the Sport of Truth here in San Antonio. And then our camps in uh, Houston, Norfolk, and Rochester went with the Stream of Wisdom. All right. And then for Bible Talk, uh, we're just keeping it, right now, we're just keeping this Bible Talk. All right. We're keeping this Bible Talk where hopefully we're letting the Bible do most of the talking. All right. So, with that being said, um, again, we do have a location here in San Antonio, Texas, where I'm, I'm currently broadcasting from. Uh, the school is located. At, at right now at 4444 Walsham, suite number 201, San Antonio, Texas, 78218. And I'd like to give a, a, a shout-out and congratulations to uh, the school here in, in San Antonio. They've just purchased a brand-new property, brother and sister. They've just purchased a brand-new property where they will be building, actually building a school from the ground up uh, here in San Antonio. All right, so as of right now, the school is located at 4444 Walsham. But that is, that's, gonna, that's about to change, hopefully within the next few months. Um, construction will get started and be completed within the next three to four months. Um, um, they're looking at around Passover time, being able to actually have Passover here at the brand new facility that is being built. All right. So again, shouts out and all praise to the Most High in Christ uh, for 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 the building and for the growing growing that's taking place here in San Antonio uh, with the Sword of Truth. Uh, with that being said, you know you can still get in touch with uh, and be, be on top of the the, the classes that are coming from uh, the Sword of Truth for every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 7.30 p.m. to 10.30 p.m. Uh, and on Saturdays starting at 10 a.m., you can catch them on their YouTube channel, uh, Sword of Truth San Antonio on YouTube. Again, that's every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 7.30 p.m. to 10.30 p.m. and then on Saturdays starting at 10 a.m., all right? Um, for our school in Houston, in the Houston, Texas area, um, which is the SOW, meaning the Stream of Wisdom. Stream of Wisdom, Houston, Texas, the Stream of Wisdom, which is located at 231 FM Road 292 in Stafford, Texas, 77477 being the address there. Uh, you can catch them live, uh, catch their classes every Monday and Wednesday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Central Standard Time, and then on Fridays from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m., again, Central Standard Time, and then on Saturdays starting at 10 a.m. going to about 2 p.m. You catch them live on their YouTube channel, which is SOW, Houston, Texas, Stream of Wisdom, um, every Wednesday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., and then again on Saturdays starting at 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. 
for our school in Norfolk, Virginia, if you haven't been in the Virginia area, which is located at 2610 Granby Street, Norfolk, Virginia, 23517, being the address there. Um, you can catch, they have classes every Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m., and then on Saturday starting at 12 noon. You catch them live on Facebook. We have Facebook Live um, every Tuesday and Thursday from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Again, those times are Eastern Standard Times, okay? Then you can also catch their YouTube channel, which is the SOW, Stream of Wisdom, Norfolk, Virginia, live on YouTube every Friday, Friday nights from 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and then on Saturday starting at 12 noon, okay? For our school in Rochester, up there with the brother Zion Allen holding it down. Our school in Rochester, located at 1600 Wild Avenue, suite number 1A, Rochester, New York, 14606, being the address there. They have classes every Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday, and you can catch them live on their YouTube channel, SOW Rochester, New York, Stream of Wisdom. And that's 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. every um, Eastern Standard Time on their YouTube channel, and then Saturday starting at 10 a.m. Um, we let, we ask everybody that you please uh, subscribe, like, and share to our other YouTube sources, um, the Hidden Truth Bible Show, the Israelite Media Corps, and Five Minutes of Wisdom, uh, also in Hidden Books. Right? All these are our YouTube sources and platforms that we have um, for, for your information, for, for your uh, education, and for your spirit. Right? So please check out um, our other YouTube uh, uh, sources that we have. Again, that's the Hidden Truth Bible Show. Israelite Media Core, and that's C-O-R-P, Israelite Media Core, um, Five Minutes of Wisdom, and Hidden Books. I'd like to give a special shout-out to, uh, uh, to my brother up there in Albuquerque, the brother Aisha Whitezar. Uh, and they have, they, they have Sabbath uh, gatherings every Sabbath. Uh, please contact the brother uh, at his phone number, 505-218-4218. If you'd like to congregate with the brothers up there in, in, in the Albuquerque area, um, give, give them a call you know, uh, and, and find out where the location might be at uh, to, you know, to congregate. And then as well, uh, we ask you to please uh, uh, check out Fountain of Wisdom on Facebook. Please check out the Fountain of Wisdom with the brother Mike Oliver and uh, the brother Aisha White Every Saturday, they do a Torah portion reading. They do the Torah reading. And right now, they're on the 17th cycle, believe it or not, brother. So they're on the 17th cycle of the Torah readings. And I've been checking them out. And the information uh, that, they, that they bring out that, 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 and the, uh, the studies that they bring out just in going over the law, brothers and sisters, just in going over those first five books, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, uh, and Deuteronomy. They are doing one hell of a job. And like, like, like a movie, like your favorite movie or favorite book, every time you read it, you, you, something new gets revealed to you. Every time you go over it, something, some, another level gets revealed, something else you didn't see. Another, um, you know, as, as they say um, uh, about the movies, another Easter egg, another egg gets, gets, gets dropped. Or gets revealed. So please check them out. Again, that's Fountain of Wisdom. Every Saturday, starting at 10 a.m., every Saturday morning, check out the Fountain of Wisdom uh, for the link to check them out. They're doing a great job with that. We ask you to please check that out as well. All right. Um, also, another reminder, we do have, coming up February 21st, all right, coming up February 21st and 22nd, well, let me just say it like this. From February... February 21st, we have the Day of Nicanor, all right? We have the Day of Nicanor uh, that, that we will be observing. That's going to be um, sundown. Um, February 24th, we'll be observing the Day of Nicanor, which then leads us directly into Purim, all right, which leads us directly into Purim. And Purim 
begins February 22nd at sundown, and it ends uh, February 24th at sundown, all right? And that will be Purim, all right? That will be Purim. And then the actual new year, the actual biblical new year, not, not the pagan new year, not the, not the um, uh, Julian, Julius Caesar new year, not the Gregorian calendar new year of January 1st, where it's the worship of the god Janus um, uh, that so many people worldwide are honoring. But the actual biblical new year, springtime, will actually be sundown, uh, March 10th, 2024, is when the actual biblical new year actually does begin. All right. And then we know right after that, 14 days later, we do have the Passover. All right. We have the Passover, which will be sundown, March 23rd, 2024, will be the Passover. So just some important dates. You might want to go ahead and put them in your calendars um, in recognition. And so we can observe these days, that these are, are the days that the Lord has commanded us to come together on and that, that Christ even also uh, honored and looked at also. So in trying to follow Christ and, and everybody working on their salvation and want to be found worthy, where it, where it might be said, well done, now good and faithful servant, um, that we want to be found doing God's righteousness, not our own righteousness, not the righteousness of, of the world, but we want to make sure that we are actually doing God's righteousness. So just, just you know, to throw those dates out there uh, to be complete, be completely aware of, all right? Uh, with that, brothers and sisters, this is part of the show where I, where I do like to go ahead and send up prayers um, for, for, for brothers and sisters across the country uh, in an in, in, in effort that the most I, that, let me slow down, in an effort that uh, listeners, that you might actually come back and also get these, write these names down, all right? And if, you, if I go too fast with the names, which, which I, I've been known to do, um, there's also an opportunity for me to introduce you to, if you miss any one of our shows here on Blog Talk, uh, please log in to www.blogtalkradio.com, all right, www.blogtalkradio.com. Um, go to the search box and type in Mashaba, M-A-S-H-A-H-B-A, and I'll give you a list of all the episodes that we have done from the, the most recent all the way to our very first ones, going back to February 2010. All the shows are there. All the episodes are there um, for you, all right, for you to go back and listen to, go back in. If there's anything you might have missed, anything you want to critique, anything that you that, – um, um, or if there's any books, any reference books, any scriptures, um, or um, as I'm going into the prayer list, any of the names that you'd like to go back and be able to get together that you – on your own. As, as, a, as, a, as a sign of alms, as a gift of charity, that you might be able to go get these names and add them to your own personal prayer list, all right? Because the scripture does say that the prayer of the righteous does avail much. So that's the only reason why I do put these names uh, on the air. It's not to embarrass anybody, and it's certainly not to glorify myself, but that this might be a, a, a sign of alms, all right, a sign of charity, and that we might be able to esteem others uh, better than, than ourselves, all right? Um, so, again, you can check us out at www.blogtalkradio.com. Um, go to the search box, type in Mashaba, M-A-S-H-A-H-B-A, and all our episodes will come up. All the ones that I've done, the series that I've, I've been doing, um, all the series that the Brother Tons of Power has been doing from the Never Wax Pale series to the um, FYI for your information series, and then all the, the, the um, uh, Friday Night Bible breakdowns that the Brother uh, Bonabon has been doing on Friday nights. Um, going Again, all the way back to February of 2010 uh, is there for you, right, to be able to go and check out. Um, you can also check us out on iHeartRadio Podcast. 
on iHeartRadio podcast under um, Bible Talk, under ISBHBK Bible Talk. Um, you can catch us there. Uh, you can definitely catch us there. You can also catch us on Apple iTunes podcast under ISBHBK Bible Talk and Podcast Addict. All right. So if there's any show that you might have missed, any episode you might have missed, uh, please log on there. Check us, check us out there. And you can keep up, keep track of the shows. Um, you can fast forward. You can rewind. Uh, you can hit pause and, and be able to get the, the information. Write it down. Check it out. Uh, research it yourself. And again, if you want to refute it, you have any, um, you want to critique it, please. It's the, that's what it's there for. All right. That is definitely what it's there for. With that being said, again, I'm, I'm going to send this prayer up. Um, and if you'd like to write these names down yourself, uh, please do. And please add them to your own personal um, uh, uh, prayer list. Uh, when you're praying in your closets, uh, when you're praying uh, in secret um, uh, to the Father, to the Most High, that um, we pray in secret so he might reward thee openly. All right? So I'm going to ask that the Most High, in the name of Christ, please listen to us now, right now. Please send your Holy Spirit of mercy and peace to watch over, to bless, to heal, to strengthen, to help, to protect, and to build up. Father, we ask that you might bless, that you might keep. Father, we ask that you might lift your face and shine and be gracious. Father, we ask that you might lift up your countenance upon and give peace to the sister Naya, um, who is the wife of our brother Yahweh here in San Antonio with the Sword, with the sword of Truth. Uh, we're asking for prayers for Miss Barbara's husband, uh, Mr. Charles. We're asking prayers for our sister, uh, Lavaya, the wife of our brother, Tazapa. We're asking for uh, uh, the sister, the mother of Bobby Dixon, all right, who is the, the, mother, uh, the mother-in-law of our brother, Aria, and his wife, Kaliah. Right, we're asking for um, the sister, Sierra Leek, who happens to be the daughter of our brother, David. All right, we're asking for our sister, Abadiah, who is the wife of our brother, Lachama out there in Houston. We're asking for our, uh, our brother, the brother, Dalmar Mahab, and his wife, Waradiah, here in San Antonio with the Sport of Truth. We're asking for our, uh, Miss Catherine, uh, uh, who we call Ma Dukes, who is the mother of our brother, Tazapah. We're asking for our friends up in Albuquerque, for, for Becky and for Darrell and for Becky's sister, Carmen, as they're up there in Albuquerque. I'm asking, Father, for the entire Lovett family, my father-in-law, Melvin, uh, my brother-in-law, Shemaiwan, and my sister-in-law, uh, Deandra. Deandre, Deandre. I, I don't know why I keep messing her name up. I hear so many times I keep messing her name up. Um, and for all of their children and grandchildren, nieces and nephews, uh, please, please be with them, Father. Uh, we ask you for uh, Uncle Benny. Love it. Um, as he's going through some uh, medical problems right now as well, Father. We ask for the, the, the family of our brother, Debar Kawa, the entire Coach family. Um, we lift up to you, Father, uh, the brother Thahawan Mayam out there in Houston, Father, um, and his family with his wife, Shariah, and, for, and their son, Benaiah. We're asking, Father, for the brother um, Thahawan here in San Antonio, the brother Wes Beverly. Father, we lift, up, we lift up to you the sister Ayana, the wife of our brother Awana Ayer here in San Antonio, the sport of truth. Father, we ask, um, and we lift up to you, in prayer, Father, the daughter of our brother Tazapah and his wife, Arakaya, their daughter, Cece. We live up to you, Father, um, the daughter of our brother, Gabarkawa, Aisha Lee, 
And Father, we ask also for the daughter of our brother Bonabad and his wife, Kadashaya, their daughter, Aliyah. We ask you, Father, uh, for the brother uh, Kudashkabar here in San Antonio as well. We ask you, Father, for our brother, for our friend, Yenawatan. We ask you, Father, for the family of our brother, Gabar Ya'ala, out there in Florida, and his wife, Aisha, their nephew, Keontae, and their niece, Rihanna. We ask you, Father, for to, that you might also bless Ruthie Mae Johnson, who is the mother of, our, of, of, of uh, Aisha, who is the mother-in-law of our brother, Gabar Ya'ala. Father, we lift up to you the brother, Sean Kudash, and his family. With his, his wife, Mariah, and for their son, Kazaki. Father, we lift up to you our brother, Levan, the brother LV, out there in California. Uh, as you know, Father, who's having some eye problems, some eye issues right now. We ask that you might be with him, Father, the brother Levander. And for his mother, Pat Washington. Father, we lift up to you our sister, Kualashaya, the wife of our brother, Bonabad. We lift, lift up to you, Father, our friends, Sean Stark, Sylvia Khan. We ask you, Father, for our brother Shapar up there in Albuquerque and for our brother Yama, who happens to be in Lubbock right now. We lift up to you, uh, Father, the brother Yasha Allah out there in Gallup. And Father, we lift up to you the sister Ainawa uh, here in San Antonio, Father. And Father, we ask uh, that in putting your name upon children of Israel, that you will bless them. As you said in Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 through 27. And Father, we ask you, we ask all these things in the reputation and in the pattern of your son, uh, uh, Jesus Christ, Yahweh Shai. We thank you always. Thank you. Thank you. The water from Yah. Amen. All right, brothers and sisters. So we got that out the way. We got that going on. Um, let me do this. I need to take a quick intermission. I, I do want to kind of check the, the, the phone and everything. Uh, where am I at? Where is my phone at? Hello, 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 wow, this is kind of distant, if anybody's out there listening, hello, hello, wow, I hope this ain't really happening, hello, is this really breaking up this bad, oh, snap, All right, brothers and sisters, I'm praying that this is not as staticky. I'm praying that this is not as staticky as I hope it is, or not even hope that of what I'm hearing on the, man, hold on one second, y'all. Hello, 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 hello. Testing, testing, one, two, three, testing. I, I hope this is working. I have no way of testing. I have no way of checking. I have no way of being able to tell. If this has come across real staticky, if it's come across real broken up, All right, Becky. Thank you, Becky. Becky, thank you for that. All right, so you can, you, all right cool, cool, cool. All right, what that brother says, what I'm going to do is let me take a quick intermission.
And then we're going to come back and we're going to uh, resume uh, the series that we're going over, uh, The True Birth of Christ, Part 18. Right? The True Birth of Christ, Part 18. And we're going to continue with The Holy Ghost Shall Come. All right. So quick intermission. And with that, we're going to continue. All right. So as Chuck Woolery used to say, we're back. we'll be back in two and two. And you know we got to do the back to life. Back to reality. We got to.
Alright, alright, alright. You're gonna learn today. Alright, alright, alright. You're gonna learn today. Alright, 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 alright. Alright, salam, 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 salam. Alright, brothers and sisters. Let's go ahead and get into into the next part of this series, alright? Um, and uh, Sister Becky, thank you, thank you, thank thank you for 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 letting me know that that it is coming across kind of cool. All right, brothers and sisters, what we left off with on this series, the True Birth of Christ, um, Part Seventeen, which we did, we we was able to accomplish this last Wednesday, as a matter of fact, we was able to accomplish this class last Wednesday, and we was going into um, the definition of the word virgin. Right, we was covering the definition of the word virgin, and what we did was we went into the modern um, uh, definition of the word virgin from the Oxford Dictionary, but then we went into the Hebrew definitions for the word virgin. All right, that that most modern dictionaries only associate the word virgin with dealing with somebody's sexual experience. All right, um, and when it deals when it's coming to dealing with people, that is that that is only in reference. We've been conditioned only to reference the word virgin with a person's sexual experience. But when we actually go into the scriptures and go into a little bit of the Bible history, we can see where a virgin, in biblical terms, that there's actually three Hebrew words. Right? There's actually three, um, uh, two Hebrew words uh, in Hebrew that is used for the word virgin. All right? And that uh, it, can be, uh, it can address a person's sexual experience, but more so when we was going through some of the scriptures in our last class, we were looking at that the word virgin more described a, a person's age, all right? That it, it was more referring to the age of a young woman and not, and not referring to or addressing her sexual experience, all right? And that's going to be very important for us to understand as we're dealing with the true birth of Christ. That as we've been leading up to this, to, to this topic here, brothers and sisters, um, and while we're on part... 18 of the of this series and that going back and looking at that the mythology of a spirit or a god um, impregnating a woman and then giving birth to a divine child that those elements are deeply deeply rooted in paganism all right, and and we've been covering this this series, brothers. We've been been covering this, leading all the way up to this point right here, um, dealing with Nimrod, dealing with uh, Baal worship, Ashtoreth worship, uh, and throughout uh, every society on the planet Earth, uh, we can read where there's a mythology or a pantheon of gods and goddesses and, and worship, and dealing with a a father figure. That was very powerful. That was almost on a godlike um, um, uh, level, impregnating a woman, and she giving birth to a divine child, and that this child would be the, if you will, the reincar- reincarnation, or be the the reproduction of the spirit of this of this powerful father figure, this powerful godlike figure, that th- those. Um, those fables are deeply rooted in paganism and have definitely seeped into Christian biblical um, 
I can't even say biblical, but into Christian religions. All right. That, but the origin, the, the, the genesis of that concept has nothing to do with the Bible. And it, those concepts go all the way back again to paganism, going all the way back to Nimrod. And the first kingdom that he established after the flood being the Babylonian kingdom, the Tower of Babel, and the Assyrian Empire well, with his wife, Ceramicus. So we've, we've, we've covered that extensively. So I invite you to please go, go back to um, any of our archives, any of the library, uh, that, 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 any of the libraries, either at www.blogtalkradio.com, uh, iHeartRadio uh, uh, podcast, um, Apple iTunes podcast, or Podcast Addict, or Google Podcast. I, I forgot Google Podcasts. And please go and check out the, the series. They're, they're numbered, all right? They're, they're numbered. So please go back to the True Birth of Christ, part one, uh, and, and, and bring it forward, all right? Um, you, can, you can skip and just keep up with the series um, because in between each of our broadcasts, you know, it's either my, my series that I'm doing or the Brother Tazapah series that he's doing either with the uh, Never Wax Pell or uh, the series he's also doing on Thursdays uh, for your information or the Brother Bonabas classes, um, Friday Night Bible Breakdowns. So they're, they're, in, they're in chronological order going backwards. Go back to the True Birth of Christ, Part 1, and bring it forward. All right? It goes from the True Birth of Christ, Part 1, to the Birth of Christ, to the uh, um, uh, uh, spiritual fornication, uh, being the beginning of, of uh, the worship of idols and spiritual fornication. That is, all that is covered leading up to this point that we're at right here. Okay, so just to briefly touch on the scripture from last Thursday, I would like for us to please go to Genesis chapter 24, verse 16. So we can now bring it forward from, from that point there. Okay, so going to Genesis chapter 24, verse 16, the book of Genesis chapter 24, verse 16, and it reads, and the damsel, uh, and this again is talking about Rebecca. Right? This again is talking about the, um, uh, the matriarch, Rebecca. All right. So in Genesis chapter 24, verse 16, it says, And the damsel was very fair to look upon. A virgin, neither had any man known her. And she went down to the well and filled her pitcher and came up. And again, we covered this last Thursday in part 17, uh, the birth of Christ, part 17, um, the virgin. So please go, and go back to, to that to get this whole class, get to, get, to get everything uh, that we brought up. And concerning this, but I want to direct our attention to um, the word damsel, all right, that when we look at this word damsel and we look at it in the Hebrew, right, we look at this word damsel in the Hebrew, uh, using the Strong's Concordance um, of Hebrew words, um, the word damsel comes from the Hebrew word uh, in, in the Strong's Concordance, uh, the Hebrew word 5291. All right, the Hebrew word five two nine one, when the when Rebecca is described as being a damsel, who was very fair to look to look upon, and it says yes, she was a virgin, and we covered this. The word virgin here is Bethula, all right, and the Hebrew word is Bethula, but we covered this on Thursday. But I want to bring out damsel. Right? I want to bring out this word damsel. So when we look at the word damsel, um, the word damsel. The way you would say the word damsel in Hebrew is na'ira, all right? The way you would say the word damsel in the ancient Hebrew um, um, uh, dialect is na'ira, all right, na'ira. Now, here's the definition of 
the word Naira. It's number one, a girl, all right, a damsel or a female servant. Okay, that the word damsel or Naira can be a girl, a damsel, or a female servant. Definition number one, A, a girl, a damsel, or specifically a little girl. Okay, a little girl. Going further into this definition, damsel can be uh, of a young woman, marriageable young woman. Okay, so a damsel could be a young woman, a girl, a little girl, all right, a female servant, but a young woman, a marriageable young woman, meaning she's of marriageable age, she's reached puberty, all right, and yes, um, even though I'm seeing pedophilic-like, that yes, in, 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 in ancient customs, when a girl did reach puberty, she was... That was of marriageable age, okay? That was of marriageable age. That's why she was considered a young woman or a virgin, dealing with her age, okay? It goes on to say a damsel who can be one, a young woman, a marriageable age, but a damsel can also be a concubine. Now, the reason I'm, I'm going here because a concubine, when we go by definition, a concubine is a woman kept for lewd purposes, that she had, she she was not on the degree of a wife. She didn't have the respect of actually being a wife. And we can look at that when we look at um, the relationship between Sarah and Abraham, and Abraham and and uh, Hagar. All right, that Hagar, even though Abraham impregnated her with his first firstborn son Ishmael, that Hagar did not have the respect or have the, the relationship with um, Abraham. That Sarah did, as Sarah being his wife, all right, that she was just for the purpose of having children. She was just for the purpose, in the, in the, in the, in the case of Hagar and Abraham, this one was, was just to have babies. She was just to have sex, okay, that there really wasn't any other connection be, beyond that, that she was the, the, the property of, of Sarah, and she was given. Uh, Sarah gave her to Abraham just so he could have have, have children because Sarah can, was can have become impregnated. But a concubine is a woman who there really is. Uh, um, she she can't be passed around. She can't be going from from men to men, man to man, relationship to relationship, uh, or what have you. That she w- she would be the property, uh, if you will, of, of 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 a man, and she would be kept for. Sex. She would be kept around for sex. All right. That that if the the uh, a wife what happened to be on her cycle um, or, or was unclean for for if she, she the wife did have a baby and according to the law of of the father if she um she would be unclean or be be allowed to rest. If she had a man child for, I believe the, the, the days is 33. I'm going to go back and get the number specifically. But if she had a man child, then for those 33 days, she would be considered unclean. And being unclean wasn't meaning it was something bad. This, she would not be tasked with anything. That she would have that, those 33 days just to, be, to have that bond just between her and that infant boy. All right? That... that, that she would not be tasked with anything, all right, but just her 
and that child, that's it, all right? Um, if she had a daughter, if a wife had a daughter, then it was uh, 88 days, either 66 or 88 days. I'm, I'm getting my, my, my numbers mixed up. But for that, for that particular amount of time, I believe it is 88 days. Now, I might be wrong, but for the 88 days that she would have that bond with that, her infant daughter, where that time, that 88 day, almost three months, it would just be between her and her daughter. All right, that that from from the breastfeeding, from from the the child sleeping on on uh, with her on her on her uh, on her chest, um, that that bond was necessary. All right, that that bond was definitely necessary. So in those times, that if if the husband um, needed some relief, you can't go to your wife while she's bonding with the the the, the child. Cool. Here's a concubine, all right? Just for lewd purposes, just for sex. Done. Now she would be obviously be taken care of, all right? Like we see with with with, with uh, Hagar uh, in that example, and even with David, who had wives and concubines, that they would be, be they would be protected, but a concubine did not have the same um, uh, respect as a wife. All right, that she would be provided for. She'd be given her own, if you will, apartment, if you will. But um, and we can go into that. I, I, I can make a whole. I've got a whole class about that. I'm gonna go into. But I want to just bring out that a damsel, who could be a girl, a, a damsel, a female servant, a little girl, a young woman of marriage, a marriageable young woman, but she can also be a concubine. So in this being said, if she's a concubine, or the other definition for damsel, for the word. Uh, Naira is a prostitute, all right, a prostitute. So obviously a prostitute or a concubine is a woman who's been having sex, okay, is a woman who's been having sex. Now, again, the difference between a concubine and a prostitute, a prostitute sleeps around for money and can sleep, will sleep with anybody, okay, obviously. But a concubine would just be there for that man uh, for when he needed relief, Okay, that that's what that was her purpose. That was her do. That was her job, and she she would be provided for. But the uh, respect of her being a wife, and again, we know that David had many wives, and he had many concubines. God had no problem with that. And again, I'm not gonna go into that whole class about uh, polygyny. I mean, like, I'm not even gonna go there. Not not during in this class. I want to bring out this, this, these definitions for the word damsel. That a damsel, again, could be a, is a young woman, a marriageable young woman. She, she's reached puberty. She's reached adolescence. She's a marriageable young woman. Uh, a damsel, a naira, can be a concubine. Or a naira, a damsel, could be a prostitute. All right? Uh, a maid, a female attendant, or a female servant. Um, when we look up the... the Again, going to the Strongs, it, uh, it can mean a girl from infancy to adolescence. All right? So a damsel can be infancy to adolescence. This is the definition when we go into the studies of a, a damsel. So when Rebecca was described as in Numbers to, uh, in Genesis chapter 24, verse 16, and the damsel was very fair to look upon. So she was a young woman of marriageable age. A little girl, okay, uh, who was in her, in her adolescence. 
But it goes on to say, and the damsel was very fair to look upon. A virgin, okay? Again, stressing the point that she, uh, that she is a young woman of marriageable age. When we look at the definition of befooler, okay? But it goes on to say in this, in this scripture here, neither had any man known her. So she wasn't a prostitute. She was not a concubine, okay? And if we look at it, why, why was it necessary for the scriptures now to describe in, 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 in detail now as we're, as we're looking at this, why did I have to go ahead and stress that she was a damsel, she was a virgin, stress, neither had any man known her, all right? If the definition of virgin only meant and was only referring to a person's sexual experience, there'd be no need to stress this to, to stress that she's a damsel, she's a virgin, never had any man known her. If the word virgin only meant or was only referring to a person's sexual experience, that's not what it's doing, brothers and sisters. That's not what's happening. Okay? That is not what is happening. And again, this is where we had to get into our studies. Okay? This is where we had to come back and study. And that's why we have, uh, I, I suggest that you get not only the Webster's um, uh, 1828 Dictionary, uh, Webster's Dictionary of 1828 was, was the first dictionary that Noah Webster put out. Not the Merriam-Webster, but the Webster's, just Noah Webster's uh, 1828 Dictionary. Uh, get Vine's Dictionary of, of Bible Words. Great, 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 great. Get the Strong's Concordance and a, a Hebrew-Greek lexicon. Uh, and yeah, we had to go into word studies because, as we know, the definition of words does change. Right? The definition of words does change. I, I, it's an old reference, but just like the word bad, all right? The word bad. At one time, the word bad meant something not good, all right? Uh, but in the, with the use of slang, that the word bad can now mean something cool, can, can now mean something good. Can now mean something desirable. She's a bad man, Majama. Again, he's an old, old song reference or what have you. Um, who's bad? Who's bad? Who's really, really bad? That, that again, the word bad, from what its original origin of the word, what it actually meant, to how it's being used today, in more modern terms, Words change. Definition of words definitely change. The way they're used gets changed. So that makes it necessary for us to go back to the origin of these words. And, and, and when we're dealing with the Bible, we have to go back and now get why did the authors use certain words? And we understand that in, from translating words from Hebrew into Greek or Hebrew into English that it can have different references, right? It can have different references. And it's necessary for us to go back and, and see what was the context. What was the context of what was being used when the authors of the, of, of the scriptures used certain words? Or when the translators, when it was translated from the Hebrew, and the scrolls were translated from the Hebrew, when the scrolls were translated from Hebrew or Greek or Latin into English, why were these certain words used, all right? that the, the use of the word that we use today did not necessarily mean that that was the use of the word when it was translated 
from the Hebrew, Greek, and Latin into the English that 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 we now have the Bible in. Okay. And again, I do understand, and this is not meant to step on anybody's toes. This is not to be a step on anybody's toes, as much as again, and understanding the conditioning that the world has has placed and put in people's minds of being antichrist, to be against Christ, that they have imprinted in a lot of our, in a lot of people's minds the the fallacies, the fables, the uh, again, if you will, the modern definitions of words, so that now the true meaning of Christ. The true meaning of, of the scripture, the true meaning of, of the context of what the authors of the Bible wrote in has become lost through religion, has become lost through um, traditions, has become lost through customs, and has nothing to do with the context of what the authors, when they wrote these things, what they actually meant. Okay? So with that, and again, let me, let me do that also real quick, brothers and sisters. Let's go to 2 Timothy. Let me pull, pull this up in, in the scriptures real quick. Let's go to 2 Timothy. Chapter 3 and verse 16. I'm going to start at verse 14. All right? I'm going to 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 14. All right? The book of 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 14. And it reads this. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast heard them. Now, this is a letter from Paul to his disciple, Timothy, who is his faithful, faithful disciple, Timothy. Okay? And he's telling Timothy, continue in the things which thou hast learned and the things that you've been assured of and know who, and of whom thou didst learn them. Who, who taught this to you? All right, verse 15. It says, and that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Now, brothers and sisters, I, I, I do reference this scripture a lot, and I'm going to ask you to look at it again. Remember, the epistles, the epistles of Paul, the word epistle means letter, right? The word epistle means letter. So the epistles are the letters of Paul, whether, like we're reading here in Timothy. Paul wrote two letters to Timothy. That's why we have 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy. Paul wrote two letters to the city of Corinth, the church that was at Corinth. That's why we have 1 and 2 Corinthians. To the church, to the saints that were in Ephesus. Paul wrote a letter to them in Ephesus. That's why we have the, the, uh, the epistle of the Ephesians. Same with Colossians. He wrote two letters to Thessalonians, to Thessalonica. Hence, first Thessalonica, second Thessalonica. All right. Um, uh, the letter to Philemon. All right. That we have different letters, that these letters were not scriptures. All right. That these letters were not scriptures. So I just ask you to, 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 to just consider when Paul told Timothy and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, what was Paul referring to then when he, when he first, when he wrote this letter to Timothy? What holy scriptures? 
There was no New Testament. There was no New Testament. There was no Old Testament. Brothers and sisters, in your studies, and this is Googleable, Googleable. This is this 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 is is can be searched out. The words that we have today, Old Testament and New Testament, they didn't come into use until the Bible was translated from the uh, Hebrew, Hebrew, Greek, and Latin into English. That's, it wasn't until it was translated that we got the Old Testament or we got the New Testament. All right? And, 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 and that the Bible was actually compiled. Remember, the word Bible means volume of books. It comes from the word biblios, which means a volume of books, like a volume, uh, a volume of encyclopedias. You had the Britannica, the volume of the Britannica encyclopedias. You have many different volumes, usually from A all the way to Z, um, compiled into the volume of the Encyclopedia Britannica. Well, the Bible is a compilation of different books. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's a compilation of books. So we have the word, and it was given the word Bible from the word Biblios. So if we understand that during the time when Paul wrote this, there was no Bible, okay? When Paul wrote this, it, they were known as the Holy Scriptures of what we knew, what today we reference as the Old Testament. So we take into consideration that there was no so-called New Testament when Paul wrote this. Then what is he referring to when he says the Holy Scriptures? It would be the scrolls or the books that eventually got, got compiled to make up what's known as the Old Testament, including works called the Apocrypha. All right? Why am I bringing this out? That the scriptures that Paul was referring to, if there was no New Testament at this particular time, because these letters were being written. Even the letters of Paul, uh, Peter, I mean, first and second Peter, Peter's first letter, Peter's second letter. All right. The the book of the Acts, which, which everybody believes was written by Luke uh, as he did travel with Paul, um, that they were still being written as the as the apostles were traveling and 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 going about their their missions. There was no New Testament. So if, if we're going to be made wise about salvation, what is it we would have to look to if we want to be wise about salvation? We would have to look to what today we call the Old Testament. We'd have to study that. We'd have to go look at that. If, if you want to be truly wise about salvation, what is salvation? How is salvation? Who is salvation for? If we're not going to take a, a study and, and look at the Holy Scriptures that Paul is telling Timothy about, then there's no way we are going to be wise about salvation.
We're not going to get. We're not going. We're, we're going to. We're going to be. It's going to be incomplete. Our 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 foundation is going to have holes in it. Our foundation that we're standing upon is going to be is going to be fragile. It's going to be fragile. It's going to be weak. It's going to have definite holes in it, and we've seen you know pictures of sinkholes. You've seen where, where, where buildings have fallen because the foundation was not was not set properly. So make sure that you're standing upon the word of God. Make sure that your foundation is sturdy. And that's the purpose of Bible talk. That's the purpose why we have these, these classes. Let's make sure that your foundation truly is sturdy. All right? So reading again, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. And if I'm a child, thou hast known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So again, brothers and sisters, when it says all scripture, what was Paul referring to when he said all scripture? If we understand there was no New Testament, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And I'm not saying this to, 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 to uh, dispute or refute or saying that we don't pay attention to New Testament. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that at all. But we cannot, also we cannot get around what Paul is also saying and what Paul is referring to. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. <clears throat> that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. If and it is possibly perfect. Contrary to what religion teaches today, that nobody can be perfect. Well, even Paul was writing this to Timothy. That the man of God may be perfect. Thoroughly furnished. Unto all good works. That you can have, be thoroughly, you can be abundantly equipped with all good works. But we have to go to the scriptures. And again, at this particular time, brothers and sisters, what scriptures would Paul be referring to? Is from what we call today the Old Testament. We have to be thoroughly furnished. We have to you have to have a concept and a grip of the origins. Yeah, brothers and sisters, think about this for a second. You see how, how a lot of sequels in, in the movie theaters, in, in, in the movie world, um, a, a lot of sequels, uh, they, 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 they'll make their run. But then what, what, what they start to lock into is the prequels. That, okay, you, like the movie Star Wars by George Lucas, that Star Wars, brilliant movie, 
was a brilliant sci-fi movie when when it came out. It was it was never nothing like it had ever been seen before. And you went through what was it, Star Wars, uh, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. Brilliant, brilliant. But then what did they have, what did they come back and do? To not only just keep the, the the golden goose giving these golden eggs and 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 and, and turning out money, they had to come back and give the prequels. Then he's now give you the father like, like how do we get to Star Wars? How do we get to Luke Skywalker? How do we get to to, to Darth Vader? How, how did Obi Wan Kenobi become the person that he became? How did we get here? How, how, how did we get to Yoda? What was going on? So they came back and gave the prequels. So now it, it was it was connecting the dots. We come back and we're seeing the same thing with, with the Lord of the Rings. It went before that it was the Hobbit. The, the book, The Hobbit. And then we came back and, yeah, matter of fact, they gave us The Lord of the Rings. Um, I remember the last one being what? The Return of the King. Um, the, the Journey. I, I forget the names, but we had The Lord of the Rings. But then they came back and gave The Hobbit. What, what, for how, uh, uh, how, how, how um, uh, they gave the prequels. Before I get all caught up into that, they gave the prequels. To fill in the dots of how we got to this point, right? And you see this with with, with and from from movies like The Lord of the Rings, movies like uh, uh, um, uh, Star Wars, uh, Star Trek. I'm using all these sci-fi references, but they come back and give you the prequels of how I got to this point. Uh, even with X-Men um, in the X-Men movie franchise, they had to come back with X-Men Origins. They had to come back. Now, they gave you the X-Men. They, they, they gave us this, whatever. But they had to go back and, and give the prequels of how it got to this point and why now this is significant or why this means this or why this is going the way it's going this way. And how uh, Magneto and Charles Xavier, they were best of friends. And then they, they were both for, for um, the survival of mutants. But they got to where they became these enemies and came up these two different factions or what have you. But they had to go back and get the prequels. Then go back and get the prequels to how Beast became Beast and how Wolverine became Wolverine from, from Weapon X or what have you. That you had to go back and get the beginnings of things. And maybe, you know, the action adventure, it maybe not, it's not your cup of tea. Maybe the, uh, um, uh, the sci-fi is not your cup of tea also. But hopefully you might be catching the reference that, that and I'm trying to, you know, help get your mind to, of going back and getting to the prequels. Go back and get into the, 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 what was leading up to getting to this point. What was happening that this happened the way it happened? If we don't go back and get that. Now, you can catch the movies or the, or the, or the franchise from wherever you catch it from. You can do that, but there's going to be some holes in it. They can put together some brilliant movies to where if you didn't catch the prequels, if you didn't know the, the history or the origins, how, how some got started, you can catch the movie. You can catch it, and you can get a Decent understanding. It's not to have the same impact as those who now know what led up to the point. Of those who now got the the the, the connected the dots to where we got to this point to where now yes that's why this means something. That's why this is so spectacular. That's why this is so stupendous. And you know you can just catch the movie where you catch the movie at or the franchise at. You can catch it there. Um, but if you don't get the beginnings, just like even in the Harry Potter movies, you had to go back and get to the, the beginnings of Harry Potter's parents. 
and and how he got the scar on his head and all that type of stuff. You had to go back and get those filler. filler. You didn't have to, but to go back and get those filler ends, how much more did it make the experience that much more? Um, uh, how much more did it resonate with a person? I'm trying to give these different type of examples that if you understand where people where they came from and bring it forward, you, it, it, it's that much more impactful. It's that much more uh, uh, solid, if you will. Okay, so you know that's why I personally I love like autobiographies. I love going back in history documentaries. Um, I love the, uh, in I love dramas where. You can go back now. You got to put together. Well, how did it get to this point? How did it get here? You know, even look at the world today. How did the world get to where it's at today? Where did the study of how, how did we get to where January first, the dead of winter, is the new year? How did that start? Where, where did this come from? The Bible never mentions December twenty fifth as being Christ's birthday. So where did that come from? Matter of fact, if what color is Jesus? Is he really blind hair, blue eyed? Is that the truth? Can I go back? Can we get to, to can we nip can we nip it in the bud? Can we go back to where this started? Can we go back to where to where things started and see, okay, it was at this point, everything went off. It was at this point, this crossroad, where everything took a left. Or it took a deviation. It goes back to, we can trace it back to this point right here. So we go back to that point where it deviated and get back to that point and then continue straight instead of deviation. That's how we know we're on the right path. That's how we know we're doing things the right way. Okay? So, again, I just want to lend that to everybody. If I, if I, if I might, lend that to everyone. That as we're going through this and going through these series and going through these things, why history is so important. Okay, and not only is history important, but when we're dealing with the prophecies of God, that if God says something's going to happen, one of the things that makes God who he is, if he says something's going to happen, nothing or nobody, there's not an entity ever created that can stop what God says is going to happen. That's why we refer to him as the most high. And now the beautiful thing about when God says something's going to happen, when he prophesies, it says something's going to happen before it happens. Once that event happens, we can now go back and trace the history. We can now record that as a historical event and see that God said this is going to happen hundreds, if not thousands of years before the event actually happened to give proof of the power of God, to give proof of the power of the word of God. That we can now go and track these things, which makes the Bible very tangible. It takes a lot of mysticism. It takes a lot of superstition. Out of the Bible, we can now go and match the prophecies with history. And then that gives us the, if you will, the prequel, how we got to this point we're at right now. And how to get back to, like we just read in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, for to get back to the instructions in righteousness of how to make sure we're doing things now the right way according to God. And we can see where mankind, the world, everybody 
it was at this point, there was a deviation. And it's got the whole wide world deceived. How many people across the planet just celebrated January 1st as New Year? When the, the Gregorian calendar, the Julian, the, the Gregorian calendar or the, the Julius Caesar calendar that we go by right now was invented by Julius Caesar. Tazapod just did it. Excellent. Excellent. If y'all caught his show yesterday, him going over and discussing about the Roman calendar, him going and talking about the prophecies in Daniel's chapter 7 about how the time, dates and times would be changed and how the original calendars that were set up by the Romans only had 10 months. They only had 10 months. And that two extra months were added, January and February. He, he went over that. It, it's there for your information. It's there for you to go on research and go and check out. But it's got the whole world under this lie. And for all the, how many millions of, 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 millions of dollars was made on fireworks? How many millions of dollars was made on people crowding into uh, 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 stadiums? Crowding into 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 uh, uh, where there was fireworks displays. How many millions of dollars was made on on from New Year's resolutions to uh, 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 to, to, to to the champagne, the champagne and strawberries to welcome in the new year? How many rapes took place? Everybody just going around able to just kiss whoever under the mistletoe at New Year's. How many people caught uh, an STD from chlamydia, herpes, simplex one, two, three, or whatever, or COVID, or a cough, or the flu in your so-called New Year's celebrations? And this took place. And then to look on TV, not, not, not that we did it, but know that it's on TV, that they show you New Year's celebrations every hour starting from the east. It was all the way over there in, in, in China, uh, to Thailand, Tibet, and then coming forward uh, uh, from, from the east and every hour where it was midnight in those particular places that that's where the New Year celebration took place because it was midnight there, but over here it might only have been 9 o'clock. Over there, it was, it was 12, 12 midnight over, over in England, but over here, it was only 7 o'clock p.m. Until finally, it kind of hit, you know, 12 midnight, hit New York City, hit the East Coast, whereas on the East Coast, it was 12, but Central Standard Time was only 11. Mountain Standard Time was only 10. Pacific, it was only 9. Until it got to midnight in each one of these places, and now it's the New Year. But how many millions of people, billions of people, honored and celebrated New Year's in this way around the world? And have no idea why they're doing it. Have not done any, you know, as we're living in this, in this uh, Internet age of fact-checking. Have the facts been checked?
when you look at the months, and I'm, I'm kind of piggybacking right now off, off of class house project yesterday. Have you ever went and researched for as much as you're familiar with January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December? Have you ever went and gone and looked these words up? Have you ever looked up Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday? Have you looked these words up? And for those that we want to be Christians, we want to follow after righteousness, can we ever find anywhere in the Bible the words Monday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday? Can we find anywhere in the Bible? March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, or December. January, February. Can we actually find these things in the Bible? Can we find where after Christ resurrected? Can we find where the disciples when they went to Ephesus, when they went to Colossians, when they went to Corinth, when they went to Thessalonica, when they went to Asia, when they went to, to, to uh, Galatia, when they went all throughout Europe, did they ever teach people to set up a Christmas tree? To honor the birth of Jesus Christ. Did they ever honor or celebrate the new year? Whether it was whether it's in the springtime or whether it's January, can we go and read that this is what the actual students of Jesus Christ, the actual disciples? Remember, that's what the word disciple means, brothers and sisters. It means to be a student who became apostles, who became teachers who were first called Christians. The traditions that the world carries on today, is that what they taught? Is that what Christ instructed them to teach in carrying on his word, his ministry, his message of repentance, his message of salvation? Just things to consider. Just things to think about. Okay? So let's go ahead and get back now. Let's go ahead and get back. So now we went over the definition of damsel and everything. Um, and we've gone over the definition of virgin. Um, the word that's used, again, in the numbers, in, in Genesis chapter 24, verse 16, um, I'm going to read that again. Genesis chapter 24, verse 16. And the damsel was very fair to look upon, a virgin. Neither had any man known her. And she went down to the well and filled her pitcher and came up. And the word for, vir- for damsel, again, is Naira. We went over that. And here in Genesis chapter 24, verse 16, the word virgin goes to the Hebrew word uh, 1330, which is 
Bathalua. Um, and again, uh, meaning uh, passport to separate um, privacy. Sometimes by communication, a bride, all right, a young woman, okay, a young woman. Now, with all that being compiled, let's go back to Luke chapter one verse twenty-six. Let's go back to Luke one twenty-six because we started Luke one twenty-six on last Thursday, last Wednesday, last Wednesday. So coming back to Luke chapter one verse twenty-six, it says, "And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee, named Nazareth, to a virgin." And we've covered this. We covered that on. We covered this virgin definition. Last Wednesday, to a virgin, espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And this young woman of marriageable age, whether she was married or not, or had sex or not, she was a young woman, her name was Mary. And the angel, verse 28, and the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, but thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. Now, there is so much to me to unpack in, 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 in this right here. All right? Um, so this angel, Mary didn't know it was an angel. This angel came, comes to Mary um, and says, hell, thou art highly favored. So this angel, I'm going to leave it this word angel so we don't have to uh, split hairs about this. So this angel comes to Mary, uh, the, this young woman of marriageable age who was from who was an adolescent, all right? Um, young woman, marriage of age, comes to Mary and says, Hail, thou art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, now, a lot of people stop right there at verse 28. See, right there is when Mary got impregnated. No, brothers and sisters, that's not, that's not what happened. He just making it, just, just, he's making a greeting. The Lord is with thee. Um, blessed thou among women. Now look at verse 29. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying. What, 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 first off, what do you mean? And cast in her mind what manner of salutation it should be. What kind of what kind of, who greets people this way? Now, this is why I say if she really understood this was an angel, why would she be like if she knew it was an angel? Then why would, there, why would she cast her mind? Well, what are you talking about? What kind of greeting is this? If she truly understood that this was an angel, and that at, right then and there when he just popped up, boom, she was impregnated. Come on. Verse thirty. Verse thirty. And the angel said unto her, "Fear not, Mary, 
For thou hast found favor with God. Verse 31. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb. We have to we have to unpack this right here, brothers and sisters. It didn't say thou hast, meaning past tense. It didn't say thou have conceived with the ED at the end of conceived. Thou, ha- thou hast conceived in thy womb. No, the statement is thou shalt conceive. That is future tense. Meaning it has not happened yet. Thou shalt conceive. You will become pregnant. That's what the word conceive means, to become pregnant. Thou shalt conceive in thy womb. You're going to get pregnant. And bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Luke chapter 1 verse 32. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father, David. There is so much we're going to unpack with this, brothers and sisters. But let's keep reading. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there shall be no end. I, I, I know when we go over when people go over this 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 uh history, there's a lot of this stuff they, they, they read right past and go right go right over and don't give the, the slightest um uh thought about what's being said. In verse thirty two, he shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. We get that part. A lot of people they 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 keen on that. But what about the rest of the same verse? And Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father, David. Did everybody catch that part right there? Say yes. This son you're going to become impregnated with. You're going to call his name Jesus. He's going to be called the son of the highest, but he's going to be given the throne of his father, David. Do do we... We, we we missed that part. The throne of his father David. Now, if the Holy Spirit, if this angel impregnated Mary right here at this time, how is Christ going to be given the throne of who? His father David. I guess what I'm trying to challenge. Right now, brothers and sisters, I I, I need help with it. I'll say it like that. So how is God going to be the son, the father of of Jesus? And David also is the father of Jesus. If it was only about, from the modern definition of virgin, that this woman never had sex, the, the Holy Spirit impregnates her like a, a, a succubus. Which which is a which which is a, a a raping spirit. You have an incubus and you have a succubus. Succubus attacks men to where men you 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 have a uh, a wet dream. And you, you can be raped. And incubus is where women get raped. Literally, you have a sexual experience, you get raped in your sleep. 
So if the spirit is going to do this to Mary or did this to Mary, how is God going to be the father of Jesus? But here the angel is saying that Jesus is going to be given the throne of his father, David. Verse 33, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. I know we missed that part also. He shall reign over the house of Jacob. Who's Jacob? That he's going to reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there shall be no end. Verse 34. We, I hope I'm bringing some context to this conversation. Verse 34. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? So here Mary is, is, is stating she's never had sex. I'm not, that's, not, that's not the... the, the uh, uh, um, being called into question at this particular time. She's stating, I've never had sex with a man. I've never known a man. Verse 35. Let's read very carefully. Verse 35. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. Brothers and sisters, do you understand when it says, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee? That's future tense. It didn't say hast already come upon thee. The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. Future tense. And the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also, that holy thing which thou shalt which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. We got a lot we got to unpack here. We have a lot we have to unpack here. All right? Let's deal with this the the this part, verse 35, hence the title of our, today's class. The Holy Spirit shall come upon thee. The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. Let's deal with the Holy Ghost. Let's deal with this, this part about the Holy Ghost. How does the Holy Ghost work? How does the Holy Ghost how does the Holy Ghost work? We again, we have to go through Scripture. We gotta go through the book and and put these precepts together to get understanding about how the Holy Ghost works. Remember, the the Bible tells us through that precepts I get understanding. Was that Psalms one nineteen verse one hundred four? Through that precepts I get understanding. We have to put the precepts together. Isaiah chapter twenty eight verse nine and ten. Precept upon precept, here a little, there a little, is how we're going to get God, the understanding of God. We've got to put the precepts together, the commands together, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. We've got to go and put these things together to get an understanding of how the Holy Ghost works. If we only read, ever, if we only ever, ever, ever read Luke chapter 1 verse 35, and the angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. If we only stuck with that right there, it'd be feasible 
where somebody could say that, yes, the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost is going to do what will be considered in other cultures something demonic, something satanic. something horrific that now a ghost, a spirit impregnated somebody? I, I'm going to ask this question, and I'm not doing this to embarrass or, or, or what have you. Women, I know, I know what happens with, the, with, with what's called the incubus spirit. Women, when a spirit rapes you in your, in your sleep, you actually feel yourself being penetrated in your sleep, and there's nothing you can do about it. Do you feel empowered Do you feel like you've been touched by God? Or do you feel violated? Uh, yes, right. Uh, thank, you said no, and I'm not sure what you're saying no about. I didn't get your text. When, oh, violated. Okay, okay. Thank you, babe. Thank you, babe. Um. We, we feel violated. We, it, it's not a good feeling. Men, um, when succubus gets us, we get attacked by succubus. And yes, men can feel violated and raped also. It's not ever a feeling in the morning or a feeling when you wake up like it was something divine just happened. I guess I'm trying to bring a practicality to this notion about a ghost or a spirit impregnating Mary. But again, let's check out how the Holy Ghost actually works. We had to put some precepts together to see how does the Holy Ghost, how does the Holy Spirit actually move? How does it actually work? Let's go to Second Peter. Let's go to Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 21. And brothers and sisters, I love Peter because remember, Peter is the one Christ said what? Unto you in heaven. With you, I'm going to build this church. That Peter was one of the three that was there, damn it, every step of the way with Christ for those three years that Christ was teaching. That when 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 uh, Christ rose Lazarus from the dead, there was only three. Three disciples that Christ allowed with him in the room when he rose Lazarus from the dead. Peter, James, and John, the sons of thunder. When Christ was transfigured, there were three apostles there that was right there directly with Christ. When uh, the father, Moses, and Elijah appeared to Christ. Peter, James and John were there. The Garden of Gethsemane. He had the twelve apostles, the twelve, the 12 apostles, but then he even separated himself further from the eight apostles. Remember, Judas was already dipped out. He separated himself from the eight apostles and, and brought kind of closer, brought with him Peter, James, and John, and he even separated from them. 
that Peter had uh, had that type of relationship with Christ. John was the, was uh, one of the ones that Christ. Uh, he said he was actually able to lay his head on Christ's shoulder. The apostle, the one that Christ loved. So Peter had this relationship with Christ, all right? And if, if that if that's um, uh, can be seen through the literature. So in Second Peter chapter one verse twenty one. Second Peter chapter one verse twenty one. This is what it reads from Peter. Second Peter chapter one verse twenty one. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. I want to let this marinate for a second. That yes, the Holy Ghost influenced holy men to speak, to write down that the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Ghost, moved men to write down the words of God. It wasn't their own will, their own mind, their own words. They were moved, overpowered, overshadowed by the Holy Spirit to write down what they wrote, wrote down to give us the books of the Old Testament. Moses, who gave us the Torah. Moses, who gave us Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. The Holy Ghost moved on him to have him write down Genesis. All the history that happened before he was born, the Holy Ghost moved on him to write down what happened with him before he was born. The histories and intricacies of creation of Adam, um, from Adam to Noah, from Noah uh, uh, before the flood, then after the flood, from Shem, Ham, and Japheth, repopulating earth, to Nimrod, um, down to the Tower of Babel, down to Abraham. And then from Abraham, uh, with the birth of Isaac, uh, the birth of Ishmael, the birth of um, Isaac, Isaac to Jacob and Esau, from Jacob and Esau to the birth of uh, Joseph, Joseph going into captivity in or going down into Egypt, and then eventually being led into captivity in Egypt. To get all those histories and to get all those things and be able to write them down, the Holy Ghost moved on Moses to be able to write these things. Where Ezra, E-S-D-R-A-S, who is the same as Ezra in the Bible, that he, he did this, the Holy Ghost moved on him the same way. To write down I guess I got to get that now. I'm seeing my time. I don't want to cut myself short. Before I, get, before I do that, let me read it. Let me read some more of this. When we go to Second Peter, as we're reading Second Peter chapter one verse twenty-one, I just read the King James Bible, the King James version. Now I want to read the same verse in the Bible in basic English. All right, Second Peter chapter one verse twenty-one for the Bible in basic English. This is what it says. For these words did not ever come through the impulse of men, but the prophets had them from God being moved by the Holy Spirit. 
So, real similar to what we get from the translation we get from the King James, the King James, King James, for the prophecy came not old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Holy Ghost. The Bible in basic English says, for those who, who, who might be able to understand this a little better, a little easier, for these words did not ever come through the impulse of men. But the prophets had them from God, being moved by the Holy Spirit. So in this Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit that came from God, moved prophets to write down the things he wrote down to give us what we know as the Old Testament. It wasn't by their own will or their own impulses, but they were moved by the power of God through the Holy Spirit. All I'm trying to give us is, is, is some reference points of how the Holy Spirit works, that the Holy Spirit inspires men, people. It moves people, not by their own impulses, but it directs them. The Holy Spirit moves people. That these prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit. These holy men were moved by the Holy Spirit. Right? Looking at Second Peter chapter one, verse twenty-one from the Good News Bible. Second Peter chapter one, verse twenty-one from the Good News Bible. This is what it reads here. For no prof- for no prophetic message ever came just from the human will. But people were under the control of the Holy Spirit as they spoke the message that came from God. Did we catch that people were under the control of the Holy Spirit? Did we catch that the prophets had them from God being moved by the Holy Spirit, being controlled by the Holy Spirit, being moved by the Holy Spirit? Holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost, that the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, it controlled them, it moved them, and influenced them to do things a certain way. That might be contrary to how they might do things. But the power of God moved them, influenced them, controlled them. I kind of hope that we're getting, getting kind of a concept of this, that it might be being introduced. And I know for a lot of people who've never done this type of Bible study or word study, this might be coming across. I know there's almost like a uh, uh, <clears throat> your, your mind might still be buffering. <laughs> like, like, like a computer um, uh, in, in trying to connect this. Because these are some concepts that have never been taught in the world. Even though they're right here in the scriptures. Even though they're right here in the Bible. That we have to consider how the Holy Spirit moved on people, how it controls people. And we take that in consideration, we can understand that when it was said to Mary that the Holy Spirit shall come upon thee, or the Holy Ghost is going to what? Control thee. It's going to move thee. It's going to overshadow thee. And that, that is when you're going to conceive. 
That's when you're gonna. That's when you're gonna become pregnant. But brothers and sisters, this ain't talking about a spirit impregnating Mary. That's not what he's referring to. All right. Let's look at the word conceive. All right. Let's look at the word conceive from Webster's 1820 dictionary. From Webster's 1828 dictionary. Let's look up, look up the word conceive. All right. Again, from the Webster's 1820 dictionary, the word conceive. Conceive. Uh, from the Latin word meaning to take. All right. Definition number one uh, conceive. To receive into the womb and breed. To begin the formation of the embryo or fetus of animals. All right. So to conceive is and to become pregnant. All right. To become pregnant. Now, one thing I like about the Webster's, the Merriam-Webster doesn't do this, but the Webster's 1828 does this. It gives a biblical reference for the word conceive. Or for, for the words that it uses, it tries to use a Bible reference or a Bible scripture to help give you the context of, of what the definitions mean. All right? So the, word, the, the, the sentence that Webster uses for in 1828 is, then shall... She be free and conceive seed. That's in Numbers, the fifth chapter. We're going to get that. I'm right, going to get that. That it's going to be at this particular time that a person, a woman, can now become pregnant. That she's going to conceive. She becomes impregnated. All right? Uh, it goes on to give an example. Elizabeth had conceived a son in her old age. That Elizabeth got pregnant in her old age. We can find that in the book of Luke. Uh, and then even David said, in sin did my mother conceive me. That in sin, David said, in sin, his mother got pregnant. That's in Psalm chapter 51. All right? Reading on with the definition of conceive. It says, to have a fetus formed in the womb. To breed. To become pregnant. All right? So to conceive means to become pregnant. And then the, the reference he gives is, thou shalt conceive and bear a son in Judges chapter 13. All right? So, mind you, the conversation between the angel, Gabriel, and Mary. And he said in Luke, Luke chapter 1, I'm going to read verse 30 and 31. And the angel said unto her, fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, Thou shalt conceive thy womb. What's the word? As I said, there's a lot to unpack here. What does it mean to conceive? You will become pregnant. Not you have become pregnant. You will become pregnant. And that the Holy Spirit, the power of God, is going to control thee. Even though you have not known a man yet. The, the time is going to come where you will become pregnant. Will become pregnant. Not at that time when they were talking, but you will become pregnant. You will conceive. The Holy Spirit is going to control you. And we're going to find out, Joseph, you're going to be controlled. You're going to be overshadowed. And you're going to become pregnant. Now, in dealing with this, the, the, the concept of conceive, 
in dealing with this. Let's just go to the scriptures. Let's stick to the scriptures. Let's go to Numbers chapter 5. And we'll start at verse 11. Let's go to, to the book of Numbers chapter 5. And we're going to read 11 to 31. And I'm looking at my time. I'm trying, we're going to try and squeeze this in. I might go a little bit over two hours, the two-hour mark. And for brothers and sisters that uh, might be listening in live through the computer, when the two-hour mark is achieved, then the show is going to cut off from the computer if you're listening in live. They only give us the, they only give that two-hour allotment uh, to broadcast the show live if you just tuned in through the computer. If you call in, then as we continue with the show, there won't be any interruptions. All right, there won't be any interruptions if you call in, or if you might listen to the this through the library, there won't be any interruptions. But if you're listening to this class live right now, as I'm broadcasting right now, uh, through just the computer, then at the two-hour mark, uh, it's going to stop. Um, and you won't be able to call in after the two hours. If you've already called in during any one of our live um, uh, um, broadcasts, whether it's myself, Tazapah, or, or Banabad, if you call in before the two-hour time limit elapses, then you'll be able to listen to the show in its entirety live as we're broadcasting. If not, again, iHeartRadio uh, Radio Podcast, Apple, Apple iTunes Podcast, Google Podcast, uh, Podcast Addict, or www.blogtalkradio.com. Go to the search box, type in Mashaba, and the, the, the show will be there for you, for you to listen to in its entirety. All right? But we're probably going to go just a little bit over the two-hour mark today. Just a little bit. All right, so going to Numbers, chapter 5, verse 11 through 31. The book of Numbers, chapter 5, verses 11 through 31. This is what it reads. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, If any man's wife go aside and commit a trespass against him, and a man lie with her carnally, and it be hid from the eyes of her husband, and be kept close, and she be defiled, and there be no witness against her, neither she, neither she be taken uh, with the manner. Verse 14. And the spirit of jealousy come upon him, and he be jealous of his wife, and she be defiled. Or if the spirit of jealousy come upon him, and he be jealous of his wife, and she be not defiled, then shall the man bring his wife unto the priest. And he shall bring her and he shall bring her offering for her, the tenth part of an ephah of barley meal. He shall pour no oil upon it, put frankincense thereon, for it is an offering of jealousy, an offering of memorial. Uh, bringing iniquity to remembrance. Verse 16. And the priest shall bring her near and set her before the Lord. And the priest shall take holy water in an earthen vessel and of the dust that is in the floor of the tabernacle. The priest shall take and put it into the water. Verse 18. And the priest shall set the woman before the Lord and uncover the woman's head 
and put the offering of memorial in her hands, which is the jealousy offering. And the priest shall have in his hand the bitter water that causes the curse. Verse 19. And the priest shall charge her by an oath and say unto the woman, If no man hath lain with thee, and if thou hast not gone aside to uncleanness with another instead of thy husband, be thou free from this bitter water that causes the curse. Verse 20. But if thou hast gone aside to another instead of thy husband, and if thou be defiled, and some man have lain with thee beside thy husband, then the priest shall charge the woman with an oath of cursing. And the priest shall say unto the woman, The Lord make thee a curse and an oath among thy people. When the Lord doth make thy thigh to rot and thy belly to swell. And this water that causes the curse shall go into thy bowels to make thy belly to swell and thy thigh to rot. And the woman shall say, Amen. Amen. Verse 23. And the priest shall write these curses in a book, and he shall blot them out with the bitter water. And he shall cause, and he shall cause the woman to drink the bitter water that causes the curse. And the water that causes the curse shall enter into her and become bitter. Then the priest shall take the jealousy offering out of the woman's hand and shall wave the offering before the Lord and offer it upon the altar. And the priest shall take a handful of the offering, either the, the memorial thereof, and burn it upon the altar, and afterward shall cause the woman to drink the water. Verse 27. And when he hath made her to drink the water, then it shall come to pass that if she be defiled and have done trespass against her husband, that the water that causes the curse shall enter into her and become bitter, and her belly shall swell, and her thigh shall rot, and the woman shall be a curse among her people. Verse 28, and if the woman be not defiled, but be clean, then she shall be free and shall conceive seed. This is the law of jealousies when a wife goes aside to another instead of her husband and is defiled. Or when the spirit of jealousy comes upon him and he be jealous over his wife. And shall set the woman before the Lord. And the priest shall execute upon her all this law. Then shall the man be guiltless from iniquity. And this woman shall bear her iniquity. What I want to get you, brothers and sisters, was this verse 28. Numbers chapter 5 is 28. And I just want to read the whole thing in context before we read the whole thing. But mind you how, how with this, in this particular case, 
I want us to take a look at the wording of verse 28. And if the woman be not defiled, but be clean, then she shall be free, mean being free from the curse, and shall conceive seed. Now she can get pregnant. Now she can get pregnant. She can become impregnated. Now, does it mean that she got impregnated at that exact time that she drank this water? Did she go before the priest, went through all went through all this theatrics, drank the water, her belly didn't didn't, didn't swell up, her, her 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 inner thigh didn't didn't rot. So she did not go aside to another beside instead of her husband. Did she get pregnant at that exact time? No. No. We'll be free from the curse because if her belly swells and and her thigh rots, she ain't getting pregnant. There's going to be something going on with the ovaries. There's going to be something going on with the womb. She's not going to get pregnant. That's the curse. But if those things did not happen, she didn't do anything. She was truly innocent in the eyes of the Most High because she was truly innocent in the eyes of the Most High. I'm going to say it like that. She'll be free from the curse and shall conceive seed. She will be able to get pregnant. And it's saying that, and she shall conceive seed, that now at that exact time, pow, she's pregnant. Come on, y'all. No. So I'm just trying to give us a reference that in the scriptures, people got pregnant. Here, women conceived, but it was not at that exact moment that it happened. So to come back now and to really expect, and, and, and if we take out the part of biblical history, the prequels, and we're only left with a religious outlook, of yes, the Holy Spirit got Mary pregnant because she's a virgin. We're not going to look into the definition of virgin. We're not going to look into the the Hebrew biblical meaning of virgin, of damsel. We ain't going to consider any of that. All we're going to look at is we have the we have the book of Luke. She's a virgin. The angel says she's going to be pregnant. Boom. That's it. Miracle. My brother says that that's not practical, especially when we consider that that whole concept of a spirit impregnating women and women becoming pregnant with divine children is pagan. Why would God, who got pissed off at the Israelites for, for, for observing any pagan traditions, punish the Israelites for observing pagan traditions, come back and have his son birth by a pagan tradition. Wouldn't that make God hypocritical? He got mad at the Israelites for, for following Nimrod, Baal Peor, Ashtoreth, Astarte, um, uh, Easter, uh, Aphrodite, Venus, Hera, Zeus, Odin, Thor, Hercules, he got pissed off at the Israelites for all these different types of worship. 
that was that he called the worshiping of other gods. But now God himself is going to come back now and have his son, the savior of Israel, the one who's going to sit on King David's throne forever, come back and be born that same way? Uh, no. But if we're missing the prequel, that outlook would make sense. But when we come back and get the prequel, that outlook doesn't make sense. Now, I've gone over the travel mark, as I'm saying, and I didn't get the notice. I did not get the notice. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to change this a little bit further, and then we'll end this class. All right? I'm going to change a little bit further, and then we'll end this class. Let's go to the birth of Isaac being promised. Let's go to Genesis chapter 17, verses 15 through 19. Let's go to Genesis chapter 17, verses 15 through 19. Uh, Chris, I'm really struggling with this series. With the series, I understand that you believe one way and another. And obviously, we interpret the verses differently in Matthew regarding the conception. But I honestly had to sign off when you use the analogy of the Holy Spirit raping the Virgin Mary. That's wrong, and I wouldn't be much of a friend if I didn't call you on the way you speak. No. Understood, Becky. Understood. I'm going to continue. In Genesis chapter 17, verse 15 through 19, And God said unto Abraham, As for Sarai, thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall her name be. And I will bless her and give thee a son also of her. Yeah, I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. Verse 17. Then Abraham fell upon his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that is an hundred years old? And shall Sarah, that is ninety years old, bear? And Abraham said unto God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. Verse 20, 19. And God said, Sarah, thy wife, shall bear thee a son indeed. And thou shalt call his name Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his seed after him. As for, Ish- as for Ishmael, I have heard thee. And behold, I have blessed him and will make him fruitful. I will multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes shall he begat, and I will make him a great nation. Check out verse, check out verse 21. But my covenant will I establish with Isaac, which Sarah shall bear unto, unto thee at this set time in the next year. Are we seeing where the Lord told Abraham that your your 90-year-old wife is going to become pregnant and bear you a son in the next year? Are we considering this here? That yes, the birth of Isaac was foretold. That Sarah is going to have give birth to a child. Does this mean that the Holy Spirit Impregnated Sarah? Or did the Holy Spirit move upon Abraham to have sex with Sarah 
So now she conceived. Did the Holy the Holy Spirit now overpowered, overshadowed Abraham, who was 100 years old, 99 years old, to have sex with his 90 year old wife Sarah, and she did become pregnant with his seed. Hope we're seeing that. We see the same condition with the birth of John the Baptist. Going to Luke chapter 1, verse 5 through 20. I'm going to read this quick. Luke chapter 1, verses 5 through 20. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias, of the course of Abiah, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron. Her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. And they had no child, because that Elizabeth was barren. And they both were now well stricken in years. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zechariah, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. With this announcement, does this mean that Elizabeth got pregnant right then and right there? I'm just trying to give some, some biblical examples that angels have appeared to holy men, Abraham, um, uh, uh, now we hear about um, uh, uh, Zechariah, deal with a lot of jealousies about a woman will be able to conceive, shall conceive. That wasn't the announcement of now a spirit got the woman pregnant. As much now, the Holy Spirit would now work on this man and this woman. But then they have intercourse, and she becomes pregnant with seed. Verse 14. And thou shalt, uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 14. And thou shalt, have, thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. And he shall be filled with the Holy, Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. I hope you're all hearing this right here. And many of the children of Israel shall he t- turn to the Lord their God. And he shall go before, before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. As Zechariah said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife was stricken in years. Verse 19. And the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel, that stand, that stand in the presence of God, and am sent to speak unto thee, and to show thee these glad tidings. And behold, thou shalt be dumb, and not able to speak, until the day that these things shall be performed, because I believe it is not my words which shall be filled in their season. So again, the same angel Gabriel 
if thou came and spoke to Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, and made an announcement that Zechariah's wife, Elizabeth, is going to become pregnant. But become pregnant by whom? Her husband, Zechariah. Sarah it was going to announce was going to have a baby. We're going to become impregnated. But impregnated by whom? Her husband, Abraham. If a woman passed a law of jealousy, she shall conceive. Does that mean that a, a spirit all of a sudden just got her pregnant? Or did her husband, who had, had this jealousy on him, they're, going to have, they're not going to have sex, and she's going to become pregnant? These are all examples in the Bible of where there was an announcement of a woman becoming pregnant by an angel making the announcement. And yeah, they were miraculous, if you will, but there was still a physical law that had to take place. Let's deal with the birth of Samson. Going to Judges chapter 13, verses 1 through 24. I'm going to read this quickly also. Judges chapter 13, verses 1 through 24. And the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistines forty years. And there was a certain man of Zorah, of the family of the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren, and bare not. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto the woman, and said unto her, Behold now, thou art barren, and bearest not, but thou shalt conceive and bear a son. Are we here? Brothers and sisters, come on now. This is all from the Bible. Judges chapter 13, verse 3. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto the woman and said unto her, Behold, now thou art barren and bearest not, but thou shalt conceive and bear a son. Verse 4. Now therefore beware, I pray thee, and drink not wine nor strong drink, and eat not any unclean thing. For lo, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come up on his head, but the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. Then the woman came and told her husband, saying, A man of God came unto me, and his countenance, countenance was like the countenance of an angel of God, very terrible. But I asked him not whence he was, neither told he told he me his name. Verse 7. But he said unto me, Behold, thou shalt conceive and bear a son. And now drink no wine, nor strong drink, neither eat any unclean thing. For the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb to the day of his death. Verse 8. Then Manoah entreated the Lord and said, O my Lord, let the man of God which thou didst sin come again unto us. And teach us what we shall do unto the child that shall be born. I, is is Manoah like? But how you how how is this going to happen? He's saying so. Manoah's like, okay, teach us what shall be done for this child. Like, okay, obviously, I, I get maybe it's not obvious to people. Manoah and his wife are going to have sex, and she's going to become impregnated. And this child is going to be a Nazarite. So he's asking the Lord, 
Please send that angel. Please send this man back to give us the instructions. Verse 9. And God hearkened to the voice of Manoah. And the angel of God came again unto the woman as she sat in the field. But Manoah, her husband, was not with her. And the woman made haste and ran and showed her husband and said unto him, Behold, the man hath appeared unto me that came unto me the other day. And Manoah arose and went after his wife and came to the man and said unto him, Art thou the man that spakest unto the woman? And he said, I am. And Manoah said, Now let thy words come to pass. How shall we order the child? And how shall we do unto him? And the angel of the Lord said unto Manoah, Of all that I said unto the woman, let her be beware. She may not eat anything that cometh of the vine. Neither let her drink wine nor strong drink, nor eat any unclean thing. All that which I commanded her, let her observe. And Manoah said unto the angel of the Lord, I pray thee, let us, uh, let us detain thee until we shall have made ready a kid for thee. And the angel of the Lord said unto Manoah, Though thou detain me, I will not eat of thy bread. And if thou wilt offer a burnt offering, thou must offer it unto the Lord. For Manoah knew not that he was an angel of the Lord. And Manoah said unto the angel of the Lord, What is thy name? That when thy sayings come to pass, we may do thee honor. And the angel of the Lord said unto him, Why askest thou thus after my name, seeing it is a secret? So Manoah took a kid with a, uh, with a meat offering and offered it upon a rock unto the Lord. And the angel uh, did wondrously, and Manoah and his wife looked on. For it came to pass, when the flame went up toward heaven from off the altar, that the angel of the Lord ascended in the flame of the altar, and Manoah and his wife looked on and fell on, on their faces to the ground. But the angel of the Lord did no more appear to Manoah and to his wife. Then Manoah knew that he was an angel of the Lord. Verse 22. And Manoah said unto his wife, We shall surely die because we have seen God. Verse 23. But his wife said unto him, If the Lord were pleased to kill us, he would not have we kill us. He would not have received a burnt offering and a meat offering at our hands. Neither would he have showed us all these things, nor would as at this time have told us such things as these. Verse twenty-four. And the woman bare a son, and called his name Samson. And the child grew, and the Lord blessed him. And the spirit of the Lord began to move him at times in the camp of Dan, between Zorah and Eshtal. So, what moved Samson as he, he was born? The Spirit of the Lord. What controlled Samson after he was born? The Spirit of the Lord. What's the Spirit of the Lord? The Holy Spirit. What controlled him? What moved him? What inspired him? The Holy Spirit. The same way now, Manoah wouldn't have sex with his wife. We don't, have, we don't know how. They never gave her name. Same way Abraham wouldn't have sex with Sarah. Same way Zechariah wouldn't have sex with Elizabeth. Same way after the law of jealousies, if the woman passed the law of jealousies, or her husband would have sex with her, she can get pregnant. She can conceive. We have all these examples in the Bible in putting the, the prequel together of now trying to get some context 
about the conversation that the angel had with Mary. All right? Proverbs chapter 20, verse 24. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 24 tells us, man's goings are of the Lord. How can a man then understand his own way? And we understand this, brothers and sisters. Man's goings are of the Lord. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, when God's true spirit comes upon you, it's going to control you. Like it controlled the prophets. Like it controlled holy men. Like it controlled Mary when she got with Joseph. I'm jumping ahead a little bit. Man's goings are of the Lord. How can a man then understand his own way? That when God is in control, when the Holy Spirit comes and controls, you never understand what you, what's going on. Those prophets, when they, when, when, when they were moved by God, God was controlling them. His Spirit was controlling them. His Spirit was overpowering them. If it was to go ahead and write all the history from the beginning of time up until that time, if it was for Joseph now to, to impregnate his fiance, Mary. This is what happened. In Psalms chapter 37, verse 23, the book of Psalms chapter 37, verse 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighted in his way. So a good man, his steps are what? Ordered by the Lord. That God is going to order you. Control. And God's going to delight in that man's way. That man might not understand what's going on, why it's going on. But it's God's delight. Proverbs 16, verse 9. A man's heart devises his way, but the Lord directs his steps. So you might have a, a way you want to go in your own mind that you came up with, but the Lord's going to direct your steps of a good man, a good person. God's going to direct how this is going to go down. With what? The Holy Spirit. With what? The Holy Ghost. All right? The book of Psalms, chapter 25, verse 12. The book of Psalms, chapter 25, verse 12. What man is he that feareth the Lord? Him shall he teach in the ways that he shall choose. God is going to choose a way for those that fear the Lord. Which way are you going to go? You might not understand it. Most times we ain't going to understand it. You're going to be overshadowed. We'll be overpowered. The same way with this woman. And we're going to get into this with the next class. The same way that this young woman whose name was Mary, who was engaged to be married to Joseph, was going to become impregnated, was going to conceive at a future date. Not at the same time that the angel was talking to her. All right? So with that, brothers and sisters, I do want to thank you for tuning in. We did go over the two-hour mark. We most definitely did go over the two-hour mark. Um, thank those who did get a chance to tune in. Uh, it is appreciated. Uh, and this, this, this is not a shot at nobody. This, this ain't uh, me throwing darts. This ain't, ain't, ain't trying to cross the line. But let me get this here. The book of Galatians, chapter 4, and verse 16. 
In Galatians chapter 4, verse 16, it says this. Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Paul had to write this because in him going over the history, him going over the truth of, of, of Christ, the truth of God, a lot of people got offended because he was going and dealing with the truth of God. All right? Not his own truth. Not his own opinion. Not even his own interpretation. All right? But Paul ran into a very similar situation that in his teaching, and, and, and the brother Tazapah has gone over this in his series, who wanted, who, who was seeking to put Paul to death? It wasn't the other nations. It was the Jews. Who, who pushed for Christ to be put to death? It's on people, the Jews. The, 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 the series that, that the brother Tazapah did on the martyrs of Christ, every last martyr of Christ, of the disciples, there's only two that weren't martyred of Christ's 12 apostles. That was Judas Iscariot and John, John the Revelator. John the Revelator died of old age. Remember, they tried to boil him in, in hot oil. They actually tried to boil him in oil. He died of old age. Judas Iscariot committed suicide. All the rest of the disciples that became apostles, they were martyred. Put to death by who? At the behest of the Jews, of their own people. Because the truth goes contrary to your tradition, your opinion, to like Christ said. Remember, Christ came and said, I came to set a man at variance against his family. Christ said, I came, I'm not just in peace, but a sword. Christ said, I came to bring division. This is what Christ said. So, for us to be in this time, now of the prophecies, and this time now of, of, of what's, what's taking place, not everybody is going to get this. And this got nothing to do with, with, with um, personality classes, clashes. This got nothing to do with, with, with just opinion and perspectives. It re- really doesn't. It really doesn't. Now, there's a temptation in me to want to take things personal, knowing that people who don't study the Bible, that, that for the 34 years I've been in this knowledge, and for the things I've sacrificed and given up to make sure I'm bringing out the Word of God versus somebody who, who hasn't committed a quarter of that time, it, 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 I would have a tendency to want to take it personal. But I really don't. I'm not taking it personal. Your issue is not with me. Your issue is with God. And as much as people want to say, no, there's a way that you can bring the message out that's not offensive. No, that's not true. Christ said, my sheep hear my voice. And just, just, just for the record, let me go ahead and read this also. Again, this is not a shout-out to nobody. This ain't me taking things personal. But in Psalm chapter 58, I'm going to start reading, opening up with this verse a lot more. In Psalm chapter 58, I'm sorry, verse 1. This is, what, this is what David said. 
In Psalm chapter 50, verse 1, it says, um, Do you indeed speak righteousness, O congregation? Do ye judge uprightly, O ye sons of men? Verse 2, Yea, in heart ye work wickedness. Ye weigh the violence of your hands in the earth. The wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they be born, speaking lies. And the lies they're speaking is their own opinions, their own perspectives. As soon as they're born, it's all about just them, how they see it, how they put it together, how they feel. This is what David is saying, right, from Psalm 50, verse 3. Verse 4, it says, their poison is like the poison of a serpent. The poison that there's, the lies they're speaking are like poison. When they're speaking just their own opinions, and they can run long at the mouth. They can run long at the mouth about their opinion, about how they feel, about how they see it. And it says their poison is like the poison of a serpent. That if you let them run their mouth long enough, they will infect you with their opinion. They will infect you with their emotion. Regardless of what the scripture is saying, it's all about just how they feel and how they see it. It goes on to say, their poison is like the poison of a serpent. They are like the death adder that stoppeth her ear. You ever see like in those cartoons uh, where they show like the East Indian, somebody with like a turban on their head, and they, it looks like, looks like they have like a flute or a trumpet, and there's a snake, usually a cobra, and they're, 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 they're they're charming the snake. It's like the, the music puts the snake in a trance, and they're, 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 they're swaying uh, back and forth, and the, the serpent gets, gets, gets mesmerized by the music and by, uh, and by the trumpet. But it says that these people, the wicked, that is just about their opinion, how they see it, they're going to just run their mouth the way they want to run their mouth. It says they're like the deaf adder that stops their ear, like, I'm not going to hear that. I'm deaf. No matter what is being said or how it's being said, a person is deaf. I refuse to hear it that way because it's not going with how I see it, how I feel, what I think. Right? Verse 5. Which will not hearken unto the voice of charmers. Charming never so wisely. That it don't matter how wise somebody is bringing out the truth of God. A person is going to find a way to get offended because it's not going with how they see it. It's not going with their emotion. And the fact that they can run their mouth as long as they feel they have to until they sink their poison into somebody just to get them to shut up, I'll just, whatever you say, just shut up. Because you're not going to hear reason. You're not going to hear scriptures. It's just, you just want to hear what you want to hear. This is what David said was going on. And this, this is David the king of Israel, while we were in the promised land, that this is how people were already acting back then. How much more so now in 2024? David goes on to say in Psalm 750, verse 6, break their teeth, O God, in their mouth. Break out the, break out the great teeth of the young lions, O God. To break the teeth, shut them up. Shut them up. 
break their teeth in their mouth, get them to shut up because they don't hear nothing else. This is what David had 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 had, had to give himself up to. God, only you can shut them up because they're going to keep running their mouth no matter what it said, how it said. They're going to be stuck in their own opinion. And they're going to keep running their mouth about what they feel and how they see it. No matter how wise, no matter how delicate, no matter how somebody brings them out, they're going to find a way to be offended so they don't have to listen to what is being brought out. So, again, Becky, I'm sorry, I sent this in the name. This class is not directed at you to attack you. This is not to offend you. I'm not, I'm not, I have not put together this 18-part series just to offend you. That there's nothing better to do but to make sure you get offended. Or for anybody else who might listen to any, any of the series or the classes that, 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 are, that we do here on Blog Talk. That it's just about you being offended. Christ told us that there's many people who, because they have no root, that by and by, they're going to be offended more and more and more and more. That all they're going to keep finding is offenses. Because Christ said they have no root. That the word has not taken root in them. And I'm only saying this, that this is not personal. Each of us is going to stand before the Most High. Myself included, I am by no means excluded from having to stand before the Most High. You're going to have to be judged by the Most High. You know how people always talk about that, only God can judge me? I, I think people say that, but again, they're so used to just running off at the mouth, they don't understand what they're saying. Only God can judge, and he's going to judge each of us. So again, I'm only saying this, brother and sister. I'm not doing this to offend anybody. Um, and I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, bring this out. So with that, brothers and sisters, uh, I'm going to have to go ahead and say shalom. And uh, please tune in tomorrow uh, for Tazapot Thursdays. All right? Shalom. <laughs>